Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. We're back with Smooth Sailing, the Buchanan Upshire High School Student Services Podcast, where we talk about what you need to know to get through high school and live the best life you can as a Buccaneer. I've got some great guests with me today, and we're going to talk about different options for what you can do after high school and how the heck you get to a place where you feel comfortable with what you've decided to do. So with us today, I've got our Buchanan Upshur High School principal, Mr. John Pollock. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Harvey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it happens all the time. I've got uh, Elizabeth O'Neill, one of our seniors. Great to have you here, Elizabeth. It's good to be here. And I've also got Miss Iris Tenney, another one of our seniors. Hello, everybody. Uh, So we were talking the other day, and, and, and I'll start iris with you because we talked about what could be a good idea and you said man we got to talk about the past that seniors and other students can go on when they get ready to graduate that's that's a big issue tell me just briefly what brought that up um i know a lot of students are stressed about it deciding what is right for them they don't want to make the wrong decision but honestly i believe there's no wrong decision to make um there's so many different paths you can choose. As long as you're enjoying what you're doing, I think that's that's the goal. Enjoy what you're doing. I think the only mistake would be to do nothing. Mm-hmm. That would be the only mistake that I would I would count is to not get up and try and, and mm-hmm. uh, realize your potential. Mm-hmm. And, and on that, this is an important thing from a school counselor perspective. One thing, even taking a gap year, it's not doing nothing if you got a plan. The key is that you have a plan that you can realistically enact. Right, I'm a late bloomer. Uh, I took more than a gap year. I took about a gap three quarters of a decade uh, before I finally got serious. I didn't go back to college until I was uh, 26. My mm-hmm. first experience with college was a complete disaster because mm-hmm. I wasn't ready uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. So I paid all those loans back and went back in my mid-20s and uh, excelled. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Um, uh, that's you know, that's an option. Now mm-hmm. it will frustrate parents if you take the path I took. <laughs> so I don't uh, suggest that, but certainly uh, that time can help as well. So wait a minute, you're saying that you frustrated your parents, Mr. Pollock? Yes, yes I did. <laughs> On multiple occasions and numerous days. So you talk, uh, Iris. You mentioned something about fears and, and the legitimate fears that people have, and sometimes maybe irrational fears that people have about as they're planning for after high school. And I'm just wondering, and Elizabeth, if you want to start or anybody, let's get down, let's get down in the dirt. What are some of those real fears or irrational fears that pop up when you're thinking about the future? I think, I know one thing that I get really scared of is like, and going through college and getting a major and then getting a job and then being stuck in a job that you're going to, like in five or 10 years down the road, you're gonna realize you hate and you don't wanna do this for the rest of your life, but you've wasted four plus years and so much money that you're just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that, that can be real, it certainly can be a real, but that's why a lot of the experiences that you have along your way will give you some kind of indication on whether or not um, it's something you wanna do. And you'll have time to, Look, I, I was one of those guys. I did wait to go back to college, but I was able to fit. Now stick with me on my math here. 
I was able to fit four years of college in five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that one felt wet. Basically, <laughs> what I did was I should have graduated in four, but it took me five is what I'm saying because I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. I got a year into it and realized I did not want to do what I chose mm-hmm. primarily, and so I had to redirect myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's you have time to experience those things and to make um, course direction or course corrections if you need to. Mm-hmm. So. And I have been hearing a lot from most colleges that they encourage major changes because they want you to do what you want to do. Well, they also want your money for next year. (laughs) 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 I'll change it three or four times. We're cool. It's fine. You know, it's an interesting... I I, I used to work when I did my uh, graduate studies for WVU, and it's a great school, um, and I, I loved what I got to do. But we talked a lot about freshman retention. And that's a big issue that colleges face is how do we keep our freshmen here? How do we keep them engaged? You know, because a lot of times people go and they say it's not for them. You know, I, I think they were sitting around at a 78 or 79% retention rate when Which I was Which is there. high and good. It is. It is. And it's a good one, you know. But the issue, but that still means even with a good one, about 20% of people are leaving even just after that first year. Which means a lot of people are making second choices. And that doesn't even take into account how many change their major. Now, what you don't want to do is you don't want to be at college for eight, nine, ten years. And that and I'm, that sounds, but there are people who get into that situation. Unless, and, of course, medical school. Right, would right, be right. One of the, one of the well, I mean, in, in undergraduate school. In undergrad, school, you don't want to take don't ten years be, for an undergrad. You're yes, right, you're yeah. Right, yeah. We had data, we had charts that went on for 12 years. How yeah. long, like, here's people, how many people are still here in year 12? So that can happen if you don't. So there's a balance, right? It's okay to change your mind. You don't want to change your mind 12 times or or 15 times. So let's talk about how you can start to make a decision on where you're going to go. I know you both reached your decision. You're both headed to four-year schools. Is that right? Yeah. How did that decision go for you? It, um, I mean, there was a lot of, research you know that goes to schools um a lot of them were kind of dream schools like oh like i hear about this one all the time online i want to go there what was your dream Um, school (laughs) i don't even remember it was (laughs) it was some ivy league that like Uh i was never gonna get into (laughs) but it's good to shoot high you're absolutely right oh yeah um and then also for me it was a lot of like what family members went to or recommended like they they had friends that Mm -hmm. went to their experiences um and just kind of like what schools like the schools at school Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense the ones that show up here and recruit yeah they gave me this fancy on notepad, for example. They did. That's absolutely right. We're here to perpetuate. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think, and I, I'm curious, Mr. Pollock, because I know you took a little bit of a different route. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Iris, what about you? When you were getting through and figuring out, uh, did you always know, for first of all, for four year school, or was there ever a point where you thought, I might explore some different options? Um, from the beginning, like probably around middle school, I, I knew I wanted to go into the medical field. Mm -hmm. So it was obvious that I needed to choose a school that would 
allow me to get to medical school or a school that had medical school and mm-hmm. in, in the school. Right. So that basically is what helped me choose. Mm-hmm. What you wanted to do and where you were going to go. Yep. Right. Now, did you know like med school right away or was there ever a time where you were like, oh, maybe nurse or maybe... No, I was med school all the way. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. See, when I was a little kid, I thought I was going to be a pilot. I'm not a pilot, <laughs> um, and, but but it, you you grow and evolve, uh, you know. And, and and in some ways, like when you were in middle school, you stuck with exactly what you wanted, and that's legit. And then it's also okay if that does change. Like for me, I realized that if I made a couple tiny errors, I might you know lose 150 lives and be all, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I decided, much fun as that might be, you know. And then I found this passion for education. Now, Mr. Pollock, let's hear about this journey that you took. Well, so I didn't, I didn't do nothing out of high school. I just didn't seek higher ed. Actually, mm-hmm. I took a year off. I took the gap year, and the folks mm-hmm. tried to convince me that I was ready, and I wasn't. And I tried to convince them I wasn't ready, but mm-hmm. I enrolled anyway at a school in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee mm-hmm. State. And uh, I took the loans, and then I just never went to class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of my first year, I had a 0.0. And for some reason, they let me come back for another semester. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted your money. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was an experiment. I had a lot, I met a lot of good people, but it was, you know, uh, uh, in the sense that I shouldn't have done it. I knew in my heart I wasn't ready. Now, what I had done in the in those years, um, after I, you know, the gap year, and then the year after I um, was done with school, I had a trade. I made eyeglasses, so I had a, I had a skill set that I could take with me to about any town I needed to, but it wasn't as lucrative as other, you know, um, even uh, technical education jobs. Um, and so that's kind of what I could see at the end of four or five years of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then playing music too. I mean, I had a good time, but I could see that there was a need for something more. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't go on that way for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, that's what, uh, that's what brought me back to school. And I just want to add... I just want to add too that um, these two ladies here have wonderful choices and paths set mm-hmm. out before them. But for anyone else who's not thinking about a four-year degree, um, there are um, while you're in high school, certainly while you're in high school now, you can go to uh, Fred Ebb and even here and get some certifications that will help you when you mm-hmm. graduate. You can you can graduate and making thirty, forty thousand dollars first week out of out of high school, and mm-hmm. that's really productive mm-hmm. um, and even if you went through high school and you didn't get one of the certifications they have adult programs mm-hmm. so there's a lot of stuff that that people can do while they're making their mind up um, that will prepare them for at least the next stage and mm-hmm. get them ready while they, they make some money and they can hold a, um, a household and um, and then it allows them to have some kind of comfort um, and space to plan what their next step is mm-hmm. and so I highly suggest that for people like me, mm-hmm. uh, when I graduated and, and didn't have a, um, a solid plan or what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't know I was gonna be a teacher until I was 29. Um, 28, 29, I finished my undergrad in communication, heavy on the English minor. I was like three courses away from having a double major. And I got out there and realized within a couple of weeks that I did not want to do PR or human resources for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know, and so, um, and that and the fact I'm a little special too, that um, mm-hmm. I graduated, went through the whole ceremony, and then three days before the next semester started, I got a letter saying, actually, Mr. Pollock, 
your course, um, your college audit is incorrect and you still owe us four hours. <laughs> and we're not obliged to give you your diploma at this time. So that was a huge shock. I was yep. already considering that I didn't want to do PR and HR for the rest of my life. It allowed me to come back and that's how I found this avenue of the teaching. Uh -huh. I went back and I guess they thought I was going to raise a big fit. So they're like, Mr. Mm -hmm. Pollock, you're qualified for the master's in teaching program. I said, you know what, sign me up. Let's sign me up. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's pretty much yeah. the path that I took. But that's it was curvy. It was yeah. a winding road, and I don't suggest it for anyone. <laughs> it's not dissimilar. I had a friend who worked in uh, Northern Virginia who he and I were both first-year counselors when we came in, and but he started in the business world. He was about 30 years old, mm -hmm. and right around 27, 28, he realized he didn't want to sit behind a cubicle all day. Mm -hmm. And so for him, and some people do, and so, but he went back to school, and he decided, I'm going to get my master's and do this. And so it was a pretty neat evolution. You brought up an interesting point, and I want to dive in on this with both of you, Iris and Elizabeth. Four-year schools, I know, whether we like it or not, there is a tendency to push towards, like, in our society, I feel like a lot of times, hey, go to college, go to a four-year school. Is there, in your eyes, as, as teenagers today, is there a stigma against going to a two-year college or a technical college? Do you feel that or see that? Or do you feel like people feel pretty comfortable making that choice? Honest answers only. Yeah, and be honest. I mean, because we're, I, we're taking your impression, so, so right. be honest here with us. Um, I don't know. I think there's kind of both. I know mm -hmm. some people who think that going to a four-year college makes them like better than other mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. even you know, even if they're just unable to do it because they can't afford it or because they don't want to, but they think that they're like, oh well, I'm just better than them. Because and I, and I, as a sad note, don't forget your point. But I've met a whole lot of ignorant people with uh, an undergrad, so that doesn't guarantee anything. <laughs> uh -huh. so, I mean, some uh -huh. real dummies yeah. that went to college. So yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. And but I've met some people that really emphasize how important it is the whole world's work for people who don't mm -hmm. go to a four-year college like mm -hmm. electricians and plumbers and nursing assistants and all the people that you don't need to go to a four-year college to be able to do those things and we still need people with those jobs for a, a functioning world and they're still important and mm -hmm. very needed mm -hmm. absolutely let me ask you a question iris let's say it's july the 16th and it's 112 degrees outside, and your air conditioning breaks. Are you going to call a college professor? No. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's just to, to right. contribute to Elizabeth's point. There, uh, those people maintain everyday living for us. Mm -hmm. They innovate. Mm -hmm. They create new ways of those things. And so, mm -hmm. I don't want to take your answer, but I, 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 there's certainly a stigma. Right. But I, don't I can share a good answer. I don't think it's. I, Iris, I, I'm wondering. Is that do do you see that pressure at all, or was is there ever do you feel like folks at the high school level feel a pressure towards four years, or maybe it's the opposite? I don't know. I feel there can be mm -hmm. some pressure, but I don't think people are ashamed mm -hmm. because because of the classes you can take while you're in high school, like trade classes. I think that encourages people mm -hmm. to do that. So. There's both. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a senior um, that I worked with at one point in my career. Very good student. 
I mean, like, near the top of their class. But due to different issues that came up and different things, they were going to need to go to the local community college. Now, this was a really good setup. But it was, you know, because this school had, with all the schools in the state, had partnerships, basically, that would let them go in after two years and they could go get a four-year degree or they could go and they could have a terminal two-year degree go into you know something with their associates to them it was so they felt like it was just a real and so if you're out there and you feel like oh a trade school two-year college is beneath me for don't think that way because these are incredible options that are every bit as legitimate as four-year colleges it's not a matter of, you know, what's better or what's worse. It's a matter of what's right for you and what you want to do with your life. For me, and I, I want to hear from y'all on this, I chose teaching because it's something that I love to do. Now, there are days that are challenging as a counselor and are challenging from a teaching perspective, but I enjoy something every day. What is it that led you guys, and and that for me would be my advice, but for you all, how did you come to, you know, for some people it's money, for some people it's this. It was not money in education, I can promise you that. <laughs> but what, what for you all? Wait you a were, second, you get paid to work here? Oh my gosh. They, they did not tell me about paychecks. Well, you know, so. I thought originally it was supposed to be volunteer, oh, you know. Oh, man. It's, hey, it's going to look really good on your resume. I'm, I'm horrible at negotiating, man. Just not finding out, so. I'm, I'm trying to build my resume so that when I'm 80, I can do something really cool. You know? <laughs> so what about, what, what about it? Um, so I plan on going to study music therapy, which mm. is a combination of music and psychology. And it's about mm-hmm. using the science and fundamentals of music to help patients and people, you know, with listening to specific kinds of music and working with music and playing music to help mm-hmm. them feel better and work through stuff. And I've, I've always loved music, like my entire life. I've just been surrounded by it and making music and it's just something I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And there's always gonna be like counseling jobs yes. needed. Yes. And if I can combine that need with something that I'm very passionate about, like music, and I'm also very interested in psychology, so it's like a double win. I get to do something I love while being able to help people. There you go. And I'm gonna be having a stable career, hopefully. (laughs) I love that. And I'm gonna take this little short detour, I'm not gonna go too far down it, but that's good, and especially because of the spotlight. Mental health issues were here before the pandemic, but the spotlight that we've seen here, there are gonna be career opportunities certainly for that and and music is a very powerful way to um to really go in when you combine that with theories and so on so that's awesome major chords make you happy and minor chords make you sad is that something you'll be studying something like that oh something i've already studied she is way ahead of you you go back go back to your guitar i'm not real deep what about you, Iris? For me, like Elizabeth, um, it's all about helping people. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in the medical field, you're always helping somebody in need of medical care. Mm-hmm. So that's the route I wanted to take because of helping people. Mm-hmm. That's basically what made me choose. And also, um, I've always thought 
So I'm going to study neuroscience, and I've always like thought there's so much we don't know about the brain, and that's just interests me because I, w- I want to learn and maybe discover. Unlock some more of our potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe even. Well, I'm excited because a big part of me and what I do is trying to make sure that our schools are trauma-informed and invested, and a big part of that comes from neuroscience and brain research. So one day, I'm going to be reading Iris Tenney's article about what's new about the brain, and I'm going to be like, you're teaching me. Major chords make you happy, and minor chords make you sad. No, 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 Iris is going to discover it's the flip side, and it's (laughs) Alright, last question. We're going to close off with this. It's a unique one, alright? So you might need to think. I'm going to make Mr. Pollock go first. If you could think of one superpower that you need to help you get through, and you're going to think about retroactively, one superpower that would help you get through the rest of senior year and into the future. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> what do you need? I'll go first. And I'm, this is me. It has nothing to do with you two. I'm not commenting on other two of you ladies. But when I was your age, if I had had a... If I'd had a major dose of self-awareness, that would have helped. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, look, I think that's the age, your brains are still forming, they don't form, mm-hmm. for, uh, fully form until you're uh, 24, 23. So I think that's just common with the age, but I felt like I was all over the charts when I was 18. And uh, so it would have been nice to know what I know about myself uh, now, to know that back then. Oh, so that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good answer. I was just thinking, like, shape-shifting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was like, all right, oh, so like on. To, to Let me be uh, invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. He's taking this deep. <laughs> I love, no, that's good, though. That's powerful. So shape-shifting. Shape-shifting. I'd love to be a cat. I love that. I feel like, you know, it would be really nice to just turn into a cat and, like, sleep on the carpet and, and like don't, a patch of sun don't pets have like the relaxing. sweetest there's been several days in the last four years since i've become a principal i'm like my god i wish i was just a dog <laughs> and i could lay here <laughs> on the couch for the next eight hours i mean that would be like you know that would be what a life no and then, and then my master comes home and loves on me mm-hmm. and that's my day i mean that's a no 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 no, no. because what you really want to be is a cat i'm with elizabeth because exactly. if you're a cat you're always sleeping and somebody opens the door it doesn't matter you're still sleeping because dogs i mean you gotta go you gotta answer the door and bark and my dogs are yeah, i want just... to be undisturbed <laughs> We're on the same page. Our minds uh-huh. are just like synced up. Right uh, here we go. No. Uh, not me. I'm a. I've got about the intellectual capacity of a canine. <laughs> so um, uh, I think I'm more apt to like bark at traffic and. That's fair. Stuff. I think dogs are smart. Yeah. To be fair. So, now, Iris Tenney, we got shape shifting. We've got self awareness. And invisibility, which makes you less aware of your physical <laughs> self. <At> least, <laughs> others' awareness of me. Yeah. What do you got? I'm thinking something that like, like tells me that what I'm doing is right. Mm-hmm. Some sort of superpower that's like, oh, you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. That would be the superpower I would choose. I'll you, tell you what. Go ahead. You first. Do you remember the remember alls? Yes, that that's what I was gonna you say. You like one of those, but if it's like, am I do? Am I making the right choice? And then like. So here's my advice to that, because that's something that even adults still struggle with. And the best way that I can 
I didn't fully understand this until it became apparent. And it's what I do as a principal now, and this may help you all out now and in the future, is that you do the best with what you know mm -hmm. at the current time. Like as a parent, I did what I knew to be right for my daughter with the information I had at that time, and things change. Other mm -hmm. information comes comes down the pike as years pass by, but the only way you can keep yourself sane and feel like you're making the right choices is that you know that you're doing it with the best information that you have currently. Mm -hmm. And that's all you can do. Because your answer may be right now and it may not be right two years from now. Mm -hmm. Because of the situation, because of your knowledge, because so you, you just have to make, it's a risk. Every time you make a choice, mm -hmm. it's a risk. Mm -hmm. And that'll never change. Some risks are larger than others. Don't want pickles on my hamburger or no pickles. Not a big risk. Still a choice. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna you know. I'm gonna play Mr. Pollock. I'm gonna go deep here as well. Even though this isn't our topic for today. But since we're here, I think the thing about making the right choice and it goes exactly dovetails with what you were saying, Mr. Pollock, is there are so many different rights and wrong there are things that we know are concretely right. And concretely wrong and that goes to you know when you're choosing your future you might think i hope i make the right one i hope i choose a four-year or a two-year or if I, whatever have, i choose it's right but you don't have to debate on should i kill or not we right. all know that's we, we, we all know, we that all know that's absolutely killing, wrong. and we all know <laughs> we all know that you know grand theft auto yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not but but it there are some things that there are different views around the world upon there are different and so what i encourage you as you make this kind of decision about your future and as you make other decisions, you're growing into adulthood, start to figure out what your own values are on those big things. And then you ask yourself, are the decisions that I'm making congruent with who I am and with what I value and see as right? You know, or my tribe, or my, my, my could be your spirituality. If I'm congruent with with what I value, in my mind, I'm making the right choice. And that's, that's important, you know. And I know you both have pretty good moral compasses, too. You know, again, speaking subjectively. <laughs> but yes, so. Um, you went deep, too. That was good. Too deep, and then I didn't even give a superpower. You did great. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, what would well, my superpower be? What would my superpower be? This will be our final night. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how it would help me get to where I needed to be. All of you said great things. I probably would have gone with something like what Iris said when I was in high school. But I kind of just want to fly. Yeah, I know. I know. So, yeah. I, I just want to fly. <laughs> I don't know what it would do for me, but I could fly. So reach that top shelf. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> But, uh, no, listen, it's been great. I appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, we'll be back up more regularly. We'll hope to have something out soon. So stay tuned. But we appreciate you joining Smooth Sailing. And, as always, go Bucks.